And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. Let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God is in charge of this crazy bus called... The Christian Journey. First, it is not surprising that examining the book of Revelation finds resistance from the average Christian. This is because there are a few ways to approach it hermeneutically. You can look at it historically, futuristically, symbolically, all three. Regardless, Revelation is one of the few places where the promises of God is we get blessed just for reading it. But what about the portions that are straightforward instructions to the church? How important are those? And next, if Jesus tells the first church in the book of Revelation, the church at Ephesus, that he is certainly pleased with the good things that they're doing, then that would be encouraging. In reality, he specifically points out their perseverance in praise. However, when he follows it up with the word yet, there are some issues that should raise our eyebrows too. Usually, good endures, but the bad that Jesus points out was just a little too much, and we need to be aware of that. And finally, wowzers, what kind of bad can we get involved with that would make Jesus say, I will remove your entire church? Whatever that is, we don't want our church or any other church to do that. So what was it? It's going through the motions of talking good, looking good, and acting good. How can that be? Because the church was moving from passion to piety, from faith to sight, and from relationship to religion. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanities and oive, so much more. Hey, 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 hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, it's like scoring a touchdown with a paper football that you kick with your finger through your friend's fingers. Because then you will be... Uh, 
That's yeah, that's the excitement you get when you get to talk to Captain Chris right there. All right. You know, it doesn't really matter what the topic is, okay? Any topic's open for conversation. And it's not professional radio. We have proved that I think we're closing in on 600 and 650 dimes. <laughs> Somewhere around there. We have proven that time in and time out as we get closer to our three-year anniversary. Yeah. But here's the bottom line. If you've got something you want to share, if you've got a prayer request, if you've got a praise report, we had a wonderful caller. We had Bob Collin calling on his behalf of his wife, Sue, earlier in the show. If you've got something like that going on, we need to collectively bring our faith together and pray with you. Don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you've got a praise report, you want to share something, and the Lord's blessed you in something or blessed somebody you know, and it's a cool testimony, not that you speak it cool. It's just something that God does. That's what makes it cool. And if God's done it, we want to know about it because that's awesome. If you've got a question, you're just trying to figure things out, don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you've got some theological questions, we can do a pretty decent job of that. We don't really know all that much about physics, so I don't know that I can give you a whole bunch of material on that. Other than when I poke myself in the eye, I have an equal uh, reaction to that with my mouth, and it usually is ow. I know that. Uh, all the, all with that going on, you can also answer Bible trivia. Here's your first Bible trivia question. Where were Adam and Eve first placed by God following their creation? Where were they first placed by God following their creation? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. Keep in mind the show's kind of a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So buckle up, little campers. That's just how it goes. Uh, the other thing to tell you is we are, for those that are texting, for those that are working it out with us, okay? We are asking you, we are going to be finishing First Thessalonians. We only got one more teach on First Thessalonians. So should we next do Job, not job, Job? John or Timothy? That's all we're asking. So if you have a, a preference in that, let us know. We'll do our best. That'll be starting up next week. Okay, I did that. I did that. I'm trying to think if there's something I missed. Did I miss anything? No, no. We prayed for Ukraine. I need prayer. Got that. Pray for the audience. Got that. Help us pick between Job, John, and Tim. Got it. Okay. And then the question, trivia question again. Uh, where were Adam and Eve first placed by God following their creation? Let's talk a little bit about this portion in Revelation. For some reason, people hesitate to read the book of Revelation, the only book that explicitly says, if you read this, you're blessed. <laughs> just like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't even understand if you understand it, just if you read it. Like, okay, great. But in the book of Revelation, not Revelations, but Revelation, in the book of Revelations, one big revelation, the idea uh, is that there are a couple of ways to approach it, but not so much in the beginning of the book. In other words, when you get into chapter 4 through 22, the question is whether that's futuristic, historic, symbolic. Is it uh, idealistic? Is it this? Is that? I don't care. What works for you? I, I've read the book in all of those formats. It's always cool. So I, I happen to be a manifold millennialist. You keep looking that up on the Internet, you won't find it because there's only, I think there's like a 100 of us. 
<laughs> so you're not going to find a lot of that. Uh, a manifold millennialist is a person who thinks that all millennial, premillennial, and postmillennial are all awesome and that they interflow with one another. That's just my take. He wrote it to the early church. He wrote it to the end church, and he wrote it to us in the middle. Okay, that's just my theory. Could be dumb, but who knows? But in this portion, there's a pretty straightforward element, and I want to get to that. To the angel of the church at Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people and that you've tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name, and you have not grown weary. You just listen as you think, I want to go here. This is cool. Verse 4, yet, uh (laughs) uh-oh. You know when you have a yet, but, you know what I'm saying? But in the dictionary means on the other hand. Here's the thing to remember about that. Jesus acknowledges that they're doing good. I, If I met with Jesus, I'd like Jesus to be able to say, you're studying the word, you do a good job, you this, you that, whatever. It's the but part or the yet part that I would be more concerned about. Just Jesus says, yet. I hold this against you. Before we get into that, I because you know, we only have a little bit of time, I want you to recognize a few things in the beginning of this text. Jesus is the one who holds the seven stars on his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. In the definition of the seven golden lampstands in chapter 1, you find out that the seven golden lampstands are the church. Where is Jesus? He is among the seven golden lampstands. While everybody has this theory that Jesus is like on in Pluto or somewhere, he is in the church and among the church. Are they all good churches? No. In fact, two of the seven get get whacked. You know, if if it was whack-a-mole, they'd been both been hit and both down. They'd been the first two. My point in telling you that is this. Jesus is not so far away from the church that he doesn't know what's going on, which is always my hesitancy uh, in talking about churches on a more negative basis other than our corporate general stupidity, which I think that part's fine to do. But I think you got to be careful because, remember, it might be a messy church, but it's Jesus's church, and he's in the middle of it. And it's like, mm, you got to be careful there. That's going to be wrong, right? It's like the people that have the kids that are <laughs> really bad. You better be careful before you say something about their parenting, lest your parenting come under examination. So I'm mean, going to just say so some of that you got to watch. But it's like, look, I'm here. And then he says these wonderful, wonderful statements. We'll do the trivia in a second. But he says these wonderful statements. Hey, I know your deeds. I know you're working it. I know you're pushing hard. And I really, I just want you to know, I think it's awesome that you're doing a great job. Those things you're stellar in. But we need to talk about a few other things. All right. Before we get to that, we'll answer the trivia question. Where were Adam and Eve first placed by God following their creation? It would be in the garden, the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden. We'll take our break, and then we'll come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. 
Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? So the situation uh, for the woman turned out to be fine. But remember, he's there with Jairus, and Jairus' daughter is dying. Uh, verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. This is a situation for Jairus that went from worse to the worst. All right, you know how we said it can go from bad to worse? We were talking about that. Well, it can go from bad to worse to the worst. And this is the worst. The guy's daughter died. Oh, she wasn't just really sick. She died dead. And they even said to her, "What? there's no point in talking to this guy anymore. This is over. Situation done. And that's how a lot of us process situation done. But then Jesus does what Jesus does because he's so amazing. He overheard what they said to him. They didn't say it to Jesus. They said it to the guy. They said it to, to Jairus. Right? And they said to him, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to, to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe. So there are three things that you just you can't miss this. Number one, Jesus is telling the guy whose daughter just died, ignore them. It's like, can you imagine? Okay. Uh, the doctor just pronounced her dead. Yeah, ignore that guy. <laughs> what? He's the doctor. Ignore that guy. That's just like the blind man who are like people are telling him, be quiet, stop it, stop it. And he shouts out all the more. It's at some point you just got to ignore any external noise that hasn't been sanctioned by God and just go, yeah, I'm not paying attention to that. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for your next trivia question. This is a little harder. Okay, is that a nice way to say that? A little harder? Okay. On which mountains did Noah's Ark come to rest following the flood? So for those that are like, hmm, I think I know what this is, but I'm not sure. My first answer would be to look into the book of Genesis under the Noah section. <laughs> that would be my first thing. 
Try not to Google it. I don't mind if you – it's not that you can't. But I would prefer you at least look in the Bible, look in the back, look in your concordance with all those funny words back there. Because in those funny words, there's just a bunch of uh, different uh, keys and indexes and subjects that you can always access to. So I'm kind of hoping people will do that uh, and uh, just do their best to do that. So I know it's not the easiest or simplest question, and try not to think about all the— Modern-day things, Just we're just looking for the answer biblically, okay? All right, so we have somebody that's already prepared, wow, to answer this question. Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How you doing? I'm doing good, Gary. I'm actually I'm feeling pretty good today, so uh, I'm going to be praying for, for Bob and Sue who called in earlier. That's a big situation for his wife. We really want to pray that the Lord will heal her. That would be wonderful. And uh, but doing good, even though I'm gonna still have to go to the gym after after the show, which doesn't make me happy, but that's okay. Uh, this is a tough one right here for a lot of people. On which mountains did Noah's Ark come to rest following the flood? Mount Ararat. That is correct, sir. You know what's amazing is that I, I knew the answer like before I set it up, but I could not remember how to pronounce it. And you said it exactly right. And I was thinking, yeah, oh, yeah, that's been. it. Good job. Did you just know that? Is that something you have studied or just something you just knew? No, I knew it. I've been studying the Bible for about 45 to 46 years, so I've been through it a number of times. So. Yeah, so you know what stuff like that is, and you know what that, that means. There's so many, you know, they had the, the, the they think they found Noah's Ark. They said, well, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if they, maybe they did, maybe they did, but I know where it landed according to the Bible. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's where I'm going. So. And Turkey. Yeah, exactly, exactly in that area. Great job, though. I'm very, very impressed. Thank you for that. Well, I'll keep praying for you, and I'll keep praying for Bob's wife. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'll pray that. for Bob's wife. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be a great job. I appreciate it. Okay, thank right. you. God bless. All right, excellent job by our good brother Gary. Great, 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 great work. All right, so now why am I—did uh, we cover everything? Did, am I missing something? So that's the trivia. And was there something else we were supposed to cover? Uh, jokes? Oh, uh, Do you notice that big sigh I just gave you? Don't worry. I got the buzzer for you. All right. Are you guys in an offensive mood? Or are you guys in one of those I'm going to be offended moods? Okay. All right. Why not? <laughs> Here we go. This is a joke. No, for those that don't know what a joke is, it is a joke. There's nothing serious. There is nothing theological. There is nothing here at all. Relax. Take a deep breath. If you are offended, I apologize that your humor is that limited. Okay? All right. A few days after creation, the Lord called Adam and said, it's time for you and Eve to begin the process of populating the earth. So I want you to go over and kiss her. Adam said, okay, Lord, no problem, but what's a kiss? So the Lord gave him a brief description. Uh, Adam went to Eve, took Eve by the hand, and then a few minutes later, Adam emerged and said, thank you, Lord, that was quite enjoyable. 
Laura replied, yes. All right. So I thought you, you, I knew you'd enjoy that. I'd like to give you something else. I'd like you to learn what caressing is. It's okay. So he gives them a description, goes back over, meets with Eve, comes back. Lord, that was even better than the kiss. Like, yes, I know. All right, you've done well. Now here I want you to learn to repopulate the earth. I want you to be intimate with her. Well, what's that, Lord? Lord gives Adam instructions. Uh, goes back over to towards Eve, comes back, and it says to the Lord, Lord, what's a headache? <laughs> Come, on. Come on. Come on, people. Come on. What's a headache? Okay. Come on. I mean, if you don't think that's funny, there's something wrong. It was just something wrong. All right, I'll do one more shorty. This is real short, real simple. Three little boys are in the schoolyard bragging about their fathers. The first boy said, my dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a poem. They give him 50 bucks. Second boy says, that's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a song. They give him 100 bucks. Third boy goes, that's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to collect the money. Good jokes, right? Come on. All right, everybody, relax. <laughs> okay. What's a headache? <laughs> All right, let's look at what Jesus said. This is a classic. You know what? I've taught it before. I'll teach it again as long as I can because it applies to all of us. Jesus telling the church at Ephesus, "What? you guys are great. I love you guys. I know your deeds, your hard works, your perseverance. You don't like wicked people. You've tested those who claim to be apostles, which, by the way, tells you people go around claiming, I'm an apostle, I'm an apostle. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, wow, weird, right? You found them false. You've persevered. You've endured hardships for my name. You haven't grown weary. Good job. Yet I have this against you. Uh-oh. Here's what he says. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Just stop right there. You have forsaken the love. Not you have lost the love you had at first. You have forsaken. In other words, you have left. It's different to leave something than to lose something. And so Jesus says you have forsaken the love you had at first. This requires all of us as Christians to just briefly consider in the beginning of the Christian relationship— how that life-changing encounter with Jesus was all-consuming. How it was one of the most important elements there were in your existence. How in the very beginning, you probably woke up thinking, yeah, Jesus, and then, you know, yeah. And if you can, if you recognize what that was, the Lord is not saying you can never have that again. In fact, what what preachers and teachers and uh, college professors I've got to come up with another word other than professor because I just don't like that word. But uh, what they do is they 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 tell you, well, that's the honeymoon period, and you know you don't really have a replay on the honeymoon period. And Jesus is like, that's wrong. Because he tells them, you have forsaken your first love. And then Jesus, in his instruction, says, consider how far you have fallen. And that's a very uh, unbelievably specific tactic to tell you, consider where you were in this relationship part. Look at where you're at now and recognize that differential. 
And Jesus wouldn't tell you to do that if he didn't want you to go back. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wouldn't say, well, consider where you've been. It's like, consider how it was, all relationship-oriented. It wasn't work-oriented in the beginning. It wasn't about you trying to prove it to other people. It wasn't about, you know, my mom told me one time, and this was after 20 years, well, I thought it was a fad. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it wasn't a fad. It was a passion. It was an enlightenment. It was a lighting up. It was a light-the-fire kind of thing. And it was like, wow. And then we go through processes and the faith becomes repetitional. It becomes um, mechanical. And when it becomes mechanical, and when it becomes just repetition, when it becomes just going through the motions mentality, we have fallen, according to Jesus. It's like, wow. But Dave, I, of course I'm going to have changes take place and I'm going to progress as I grow as a Christian and things are going to look different and feel different and 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 I'm going to approach things differently. That's not what Jesus is talking about. What Jesus is talking about is the flame that was lit that made your face shine because you believed in Jesus. That's what he's talking about. He's not asking you not to grow up. He's not asking you to, to abandon some of the things that you utilize in your life that are systematical and helpful. What he's asking you to do is emblazon in your mind and heart. Me too. Now, I'm not saying this to you guys. I'm saying it to me too. Anytime you hear me teach, I'm always teaching to me as well as to you. He wants us to emblazon in our minds and our hearts how absolutely passion-filled we were, how important everything Jesus used to be. And he tells us to remember that and then recognize that when we were like that to where we're at now, that's what he says to the church at Ephesus, you fell. You were at this higher place. You fell down. And that's what happens when we move our faith from a relationship to more of a religious approach. And that's what we're going to talk about when we get back. In the meantime, we're going to uh, remind you. We did get the answer because Gary nailed that. Like, that was such a good answer on his part. Uh, I will remind you that right now on the poll, it is split between Job and John. So I'm just letting people know, giving you guys a chance to weigh in. <laughs> There, that's all you get. All right, we come back more ferociousness. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see Just... Here we go. Let me give you an update on Easton Scott. A lot of tough stuff that my daughter and my son-in-law have been going through. Uh, I did send an email out. I don't know if, Julie, if you got the email I or did. not. I did. send it out to everybody. So he was going through 20 and 30 seizures per episode, and they've got that down to a dramatically less amount. But the sad news is that from a medical point of view, uh, Easton does not, it does not appear as, according to the doctors, that he will be able to speak or will be able to care for himself. And so what the result of that is, is that Julianne and Jared, my son-in-law and my daughter, have recognized that God has put them in a position to be the best parents, to love Easton Scott with all that they can and give them the best life that they can. 
But while that's going on, they're not going to stop believing that something can change. And the doctors even said... This is territory we don't even know. Right, because this, this is a problem that not very many people have had. So Very few. Everybody is different. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they have like 230 total cases in the world that they have records on, which is like, so they're like, we don't know. Right. And it's like, so I, I just want to read this one thing my daughter wrote. It's a fantastic. She wrote this, uh, you know, it's not easy to sit there and write a Facebook post that tells all the things you've been going through. And so I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read the last paragraph because I thought that was really significant. She wrote, scientifically, Easton does not have much of a chance. His best case scenario is he may possibly be able to walk and say three to five words one day. But God can help him. He's not afraid of impossible odds. And if Easton is healed one day, there will be no question as to where it comes from. It will not be because of therapy. It will not be because of medication or diet. It will be because of God's undeniable healing power. So in the meantime, we choose to raise a hallelujah and trust in God. Ladies and gentlemen, that is faith. Now, the the idea that it's going to be simple and everything's going to be great and they're trying to make pie in the sky, that doesn't exist at all. If you read this, and, and I think Wonder Julie can attest to it, she tells you this is ugly. This, right. This is a not a good situation. It's going to change our lives. He's never going to be able to be unattended. It doesn't look good. And, you know, as a parent, you're heartbroken. They have two other children. They don't want to have any loss in their communication with their kids, but they're going to have to give extra attention. They were going to have a fourth child. They're not sure they're going to do that now. So you got a lot of things in play. But what you can't deny is that my I, I will take I won't take credit, but I'll stand in there as a grandparent and as a parent and say, What a fantastic position of faith that my daughter has grown into. She has made the determination that she will do the best that she can as a human being to give this child the best life she can, and she will not quit hoping. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where the battle for the next book continues. It's either going to be 1 John or Job. That's where it's breaking down to. I'm just letting you know that ahead of time. In the meantime, we do have a trivia question. Now... This is a much tougher question. So I will tell you that the answer is between one and five. How many rivers flowed from the Garden of Eden? Ah, now you have a 20, wait, one out of five, right? One out of five. Uh, You have that opportunity to get the correct number. Uh, how many rivers flowed out of the Garden of Eden? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can as well send a, an email to david at he must org, And we're going to send you to the website and we're not going to make a big deal out of it. I do just want to remind you at the very top of the website on the 
right side, top right, there's these three lines that they call a hamburger, and we want you to click on that hamburger, even though it's not a hamburger, it's three lines, because below that are the 25 other links for the pages. So I just want people to make sure they get that. And then uh, don't forget, that's a great place to give. Hint, hint, hint. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. That's the spring, right? It's like, is that a spring, though? Yeah, I wisened up. I got a spring this time. Yeah. Okay. Boing. <laughs> Boing. All right. Good job on that one. <laughs> See, I have to listen every time Chris plays it now because I don't know where he's going with it. And I got to make sure which one it is. You know, I have to pay attention. All right. Trivia question. Uh, how many rivers flowed through the Garden of Eden? I will tell you right now that everybody who texts in is getting it wrong. <laughs> what? That is not nice, Dave. One through five. So for some of you, you can eliminate one number. <laughs> now you're down to four different numbers. In the meantime, before we go on with our text, don't forget you can answer whether we're going to study the book of Job next, not the book of Job, or we're going to study 1 John. Okay? So, okay. And in the meantime, let's do history real quickly. Let's go All right. Now, I could be incorrect on this, but I do have this on the piece of paper. So if it is, it's not my fault. I'm not a historian on these kind of things. But it does say it's Texas Independence Day, which is that? Is that correct? Do you know what I have heard that, yeah. Yeah, okay. I want to make sure I'm not losing it. It's also Dr. Seuss Day, uh, which would make sense with the ham that I recently had because it looked green. So <laughs> what those green eggs then? Oh, wrong one. I can never keep it up. Uh, National Banana Cream Pie Day. Yeah, I, I'm a bit. You like? I like banana cream pie. I'm just, on board. I'm, I mean, it's just good. Uh, it's also National Sportsmanship Day, and just for Deb, Aunt Deb, it's Inter International Rescue Cat Day. So we got to rescue a cat. Uh, 1899, Mount Rainier National Park is established. This is a classic right here. 1933, the movie King Kong premieres in New York City. King Kong. Remember that? All right. And then, uh, see, the Empire State Building was good for something. And then uh, 1949 in this day, the first nonstop around the world airplane flight took place. And then finally, 1962, Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points in a basketball game. 100 points. <laughs> How many are you going to score today? 100. <laughs> Wow. Wow. All right. Uh, we're going to get back into our text. Uh, make sure that you keep everybody in prayer. That would be very cool. Uh, just to make sure that uh, we are taking care of the audience. Make sure that when you're praying for people in the audience, you're praying for health, you're praying for finances. And how I do that, just so you can know, a great way for me praying for people in mass is you list some of the things that come off to the top of your mind, which is a good way to do it. But 
then you you are allowed to you know bring it together and say hey all the needs that people have you know financial physical emotional psychological whatever those are please lord you know reach in there and meet their needs that's how i, I do it when i intercede because i sometimes if you identify every single one it could take a little longer or it's hard to remember so you know pray for but keep praying for the audience recovery and freedom from fear and people need some health uh touches as you heard from bob and sue earlier or bob regarding his wife sue earlier in the show all right uh let's go back into our text am i missing anything i don't think so no okay let's go back to our text because i wanted this this text this this actually you have to understand i have uh, 500 sermons and so when i go through the sermons and i take these sermons and i do these every wednesday so we do like 50 uh is it 50 50 like uh in a year Right, so I have to pick and so on and so forth. And uh, some of the sermons are not good. So you've never heard those, why? Because they're lousy. That's why they were loud. They were terrible. And then some I will do two, three, or four times because that's the impression I get from the Lord is to do this one again. And I can only do the best I can do in this. Okay, I can't do any better than the best that I can offer before the Lord. So there's there's got to be, I think, a reason why the Lord is stressing some of this for all of us, myself included. Here's this church at Ephesus, a fantastic church, remember, connected to Timothy, connected to the uh, major part of Christianity. Now we've moved many, many years later into the 90 AD scene, so we've passed this church's, not prime, but its high influence in the AD 60s and 70s, and this is what is being told to them by Jesus. It's like, you guys are great, you've done this, this is fantastic, but you know what? You have forsaken your first love, and then he Jesus says, consider how far you've fallen, which is his way of saying, emblazon in your heart and mind, for you and for me too, how passionate we were about the Lord. And then he says the next thing. So we're going to uh, have somebody answer the trivia question, then we're going to come back to it. But he, this next thing he says is amazing because he actually tells these people to repent. So I've had people say, oh, you know, Christians don't need to repent more than once. Yes, they do. In fact, daily would be a very good idea. Okay? We'll take the answer. We'll get this trivia. Then we'll come back. Ready? This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, Mr. David. This is Paul Bolt. How are you, brother? I'm doing fantastic, brother. How are you? And I am blessed beyond measure. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Here's your chance to answer the question. A lot of people got this wrong. So that's why I tried to yeah. do the one to five. Okay, here it is. How many rivers flowed from the Garden of Eden? The answer is four. That is correct, sir! <laughs> you are right! I'll tell you, I guess. That is absolutely correct. Three would be the one that most people would go with, but it's actually four, four rivers that came flowing through the Garden of Eden. Excellent job, Paul. That's fantastic. And you nailed it on the Thank head. Thank you, sir. Good work. Thank you, sir. Hey, if you don't mind, I got a little testimony to share. Yes, absolutely. All right. It was March the 2nd, Ash Wednesday, 1994, which is 28 years ago today, exactly, um, was the last day I smoked cigarettes. Wow. Very so cool. I went to church. I worked at a First Methodist Church of Arlington, Texas. I was a janitor there, mopping floors. Right outside my janitor closet was a bulletin, and it said Ash Wednesday service. I was a brand-new Christian, didn't know what it was, and I asked them, and they said, just come to the service and find out. And on that day, I found out what it was, and they put ashes and oil on my forehead, 
and I decided to give up smoking for 40 days, and I haven't been a smoker since. Amen, brother. Congratulations on that. That is awesome. That's a great testimony. What a blessing and an encouragement for those that are looking to say, well, can that ever happen? Sure it can. Sure you can get free from that. And look at that, Paul, running 28 years. Good job, bro. 28 years, man. That's great, great work. You know, you know the thing. Lord bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and be gracious to you, and give you peace every day of your life. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right, God Th- bless you, brother. Thank you, bro. God bless. All right. Excellent job. I love our show. It's just so goofy. All right, let me go back to this because we'll have to set it up for this next part. All right, so uh, Jesus, mad at the church at Ephesus. Not mad. That's not fair to say. He really, he was just, he's highly disappointed, okay? Highly disappointed. So he tells them, hey, you guys, you've forsaken your first love. You got to consider how far you've fallen. Repent. And then he gives the, the, the key in that. Do what you did at first. I teach this. I used to teach this text when I would do a marriage. I don't do marriages anymore. They don't ask why. But uh, I uh, basically I would teach this. And this is the thing. People can never seem to figure out, well, gosh, we had such a nice honeymoon. We had all these wonderful things. And then things change. Well, the reason is because the husband and the wife stopped doing the things that they did in the beginning. And then it doesn't have the same effect. Why? Because they're not doing the things that they did at the beginning. How many love notes have you left? How many times have you done something special for your guy? How many times have you done something special for your girl that you would do while you were wooing them? Even Jesus, like, look, you fell far from there. You know what? You got to do what you did in the beginning. That passion needs to be relit that you've had for Jesus. You can't let the scars and the woes and the, and the tough moments discourage you from an abundance of joyful faith. Okay, we're going to take a break and come back and really hammer home on it. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated. 
knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. Okay, let's do a little bit of history, and then we've got our last teaching. Let's uh, set up history. Let's go. All right, unlike most of the times, I'm going to do an honorable mention because there are a couple of days that are worthy of honorable mention. First and foremost, it is Trivia Day. I mean, come on, Trivia Day. That's what we do. It is also National Spaghetti Day. So I don't know how I feel about it. Yummy. You like it big time? Huge? Were you about to say you don't know how you feel about spaghetti? Well, I don't know if it it, it has its own day, but let me ask you. Do you like spaghetti like with stuff in it or just spaghetti by itself? Anything. Like you can have stuff in it, stuff out. Wow. I I will eat spaghetti with the sauce as long as there's sauce and no just So you're a big spaghetti fan like I'm a pizza fan. Yes. Love carbs. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to go out one day and just do pizza and spaghetti. We got to go to an all-you-can-eat pizza and spaghetti thing. Can it be a National Carbs Day? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we have to find one of those. A woman. All right. Here is a woman. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. So one of our callers, I told him, oh, you were so close on the trivia. He's like, I know. <laughs> I'm not even going to respond. <laughs> it's like, yes, I know. It's terrible that I do that. You know, I have people that'll go almost. You know, it's just, <laughs> I'm a nice guy. In Revelation chapter 22. Okay. Now, if I say Revelation 22, you have to be thinking, okay, like all the way at the end. <laughs> it's like, yes. All the way at the end, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. In Revelation 22, what flows from the throne of God? Sticking with our theme, what flows from the throne of God? If you think you know the answer, you can. Call us at 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org while my voice cracks. I hate when people do that on there. Okay. Uh, but I had to do it, so that's how it goes. Uh, so that's the trivia question. What flows from the throne of God? We're going to finish up on this. Is there anything else i got to cover? No, 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 no. Okay, no. All right. Uh, still stuck in there, just so you guys know, between Job and First John. Jesus, it's not, not been decided. I'm just saying. That's my nice way of saying we're still working on it. We're still working on it, okay? Uh, I will tell you that ultimately both Job and 1 John and 1 Timothy and especially 2 Corinthians and 1 Corinthians and Romans and Galatians and 2 Peter and James are all in the works. (laughs) Is that a lot? Yeah. Then the Gospel of John, what else are we covering? Uh, you know, because we already did Ephesians and Colossians. We pro- well, well, we'll do some whatever else we can come up. Philemon, but I could do that in the sitting. <laughs> yes. Anyway, is somebody ready to answer? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? 
Hi, David. This is Mary. Hi, Mary. Lovely to hear from you. <laughs> oh, I th- I'm sure I know the answer to this question. All right. I believe you're going to know the answer to this question. In Revelation 22, what flows from the throne of God? Of God. River? That is correct! The river of life! Yeah, and then he's got the 12 trees along the side of the river, you know? Yep, that's it. You know, it. I imagine, I've imagined myself walking along that river and walking amongst those trees and looking at all that delicious fruit. That's, you know, that's one of the reasons that picture is in there is the delightfulness of a river and then the tree. I mean, it's one of the things that mankind doesn't recognize. God is giving it. Now, is it going to be literal? Is it going to be symbolic? Is it going to be like that? I think it's going to be all of that. <laughs> Not some of it. And all you of know it. what's curious? The leaves on these trees are going to heal the countries. That's right. The healing for the nations. And that makes you yeah. think, what's going to go on that that's going to be there? It's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> makes you think there's more to it than meets the eye, isn't there, Mary? Yeah. Yeah. Good that's job. Right. Great job, Mary. Excellent work. Oh, well, thank you. And we love you. Have a good evening, you. okay? All right. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a delight. Okay. All right, so we did that, we did that, we did that, we did that. Again, don't take offense. If we end up doing First John or Job or we end up for whatever, don't don't ever get offended by Don't. That's not. When you give me six hours a day, then we'll be doing everything all the time. Okay? <laughs> of course, that's when my wife will go, time for you. <laughs> To put this jacket on. No, no. Arms go in the other way. All right. Anyhow, let me get back to this text. So what I want you to catch is this. Jesus is talking to these guys, and he's telling this is a great church. These are great people. They allow them to have a great passion for the Lord in general. But as time goes on, and in this church, as time went on, they had forsaken their first love. So Jesus says, consider how far you've fallen. Repent. Do the things you did at first, which is a really important element for all of us to understand. The things that you did, especially spouses, doing for your husband and your wife, things that you used to do to make that relationship so gooey and you do those things because those things count. When you stop doing that, let me say it this way. When you stop thinking you've won your spouse, you've made a terrible mistake. And the one of the things that Noel and I have tried, and say we did it, but we're trying to do, is we try to outgive each other on purpose. So that you never know what's coming. You never, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just one of the few things that pain has taught us to, to in life to then help us go, go forward and do a better job, right? So Jesus says, consider how far you've fallen. Repent. So you're supposed to consider first. Repent, which is Jesus' way of saying, change your thinking. You should be sorry about that because you did have a greater passion at one point. And then do the things you did at first. Now Jesus drops the hammer. So all that's cool. But then he says this, if you don't repent, I'm going to come to you and remove your lampstand. This is like, wait, what? People are like, God never closes churches. Tell it to Jesus. (laughs) Right? 
I mean, it's like, wow. And then you hear him say this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. By the way, it's not said to the church. It's perfect present tense. Says, which means that the Holy Spirit still speaks to the church. The, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. That's the tree. That's the fruit we wanted to eat from the garden, right? Of course. Which is in the paradise of God. Yeah, that's the one we wanted. What's the big deal about this whole process? I'll tell you what the big deal about the whole process is. It's pretty straightforward. When we have a relationship with the Lord and we get caught going through the motions and we do the things that we're supposed to do and they become mechanical, we have moved what we have from a relationship to a religion. We have moved from a passion to kind of a form of piety. We've moved from walking by faith to walking by sight. And the Lord doesn't want us to do that. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful. By him you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. You have been called to many things. Not one of them precedes that verse. You were called to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where the application of Matthew 7, 21 comes in. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we do this? It's not that they didn't know his Lord. They didn't know who he was. Depart from me. I never knew you. Who are you? And the idea behind that is for us to push past religiosities. And who cares what the world says? I mean, who cares what Big deal. This is stuff with God, your eternity, your existence for eternity. And the Lord is saying, hang out with me, spend time with me, be in a relationship with me, because any other direction is a bad direction. And just so we can be clear, the way that you establish a relationship with any entity is the ability to communicate, which is a some form of talking and some form of listening. No, you can't escape that, right? I mean, what you when you met your best friend, you probably at some point said hi. They probably said hi back. Oh, there it is, communication. That's the essence of relationship. By the way, that is the number one reason for divorce, just in case you're wondering. It's communication first, then sex, and then finances. Just in case you're wondering. It's always been that way. It's never been different. Don't let the world tell you otherwise they're lying. Here's the bottom line to this, this whole teaching. Don't get too mechanical. Don't be so... It's not that you can't be disciplined. I highly value discipline. I think spiritual disciplines are absolutely lacking in the church. In the framework of your discipline, follow whatever model, whatever skeleton it is. But the stuff that goes on top of the skeleton is fresh and new by the wind. Make it so that you're not just running through the the process with the Lord. Communicate to the Lord. Talk to him. Share your feelings. Your feelings aren't the same today as they were a month ago. Share that. Be quiet before the Lord. You don't have to fill the air to spend time with God. Be still and know that I am God, the scripture says. But connect. Don't be so spiritually wise um, 
or spiritually busy that you miss what's really going on. Keith Green was a a well-known Christian artist, many of you know who he was, who passed away on an airplane accident years ago. He wrote this song, and when he wrote it, he, he said something that was really important when he wrote this song about you know making sure that he was following the Lord. He said, I got so caught up in the work of the Lord that I forgot the Lord of the work. That's what you don't want to do. You don't want to be so spiritual that you forgot the purpose. It's hanging out with the Lord. And that, if you really think about that, it really goes back through all of our teachings throughout the, the whole show. This is a living relationship with a living God. Don't insult God by making it something less, according to man's standards. Okay? All right. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.